0: small business tip show episode 11 welcome to the small business tip show i'm your host frank thomas hey i've got a great show i have a special encore show with nancy Beauvert from agape marketing so stay tuned and she's going to get deep into advertising So, in episode two, I had Nancy Bovera come on with me and on the show and talk about advertising. And I enjoyed the show, and it's been one of the more, more popular shows for the Small Business Tip Show. So, I felt that it was really good to bring her back into the studio once again. And she, we got a chance to talk a lot deeper about marketing, about the mindsets we have as business owners and entrepreneurs, and how to start breaking through them so we can spend our marketing do- dollars in the correct places. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. So today I have Nancy Beauvert from Agapi Marketing um, with me in the studio, and we're going to be talking about marketing. She's a marketing expert who's had, uh, been in marketing and helping business market themselves since 1984, so she has lots of experience to bestow upon us. Nancy, welcome.
1: Thanks very much, Frank. I'm glad to be here today.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So, Nancy, tell me, um, you know, I'm sure every business has marketing challenges, you know, like let's say, you know, even I have marketing challenges. I want to increase my clientele base. You know, Nance, what are you looking at in a business when you're looking at the marketing side of things?
1: Well, the reality is that every business does need to market itself. That's the way that you gain clients. That's the way you retain clients. That's the way that you create your business identity. And the unfortunate thing is that marketing has been lumped in over the years. It's been seen as synonymous with advertising. Mm. And the point I, I always try to make is that advertising is one portion of a marketing plan. Marketing is more about a strategy and a process. Uh, advertising and how you go about advertising and promoting your business is an implementation of that process. So, uh, the unfortunate thing is that because people see marketing as synonymous with advertising, that is kind of seen as a if I have the extra money aspect of, of running a business, or, or if a business is running into financial challenges, that's often the first area that they'll cut. And that can be a very, very poor thing to do, poor, poor decision to make on on a business's um, uh, decision because of the fact that now what they're doing is they're already losing funds. They're not making the income that they need to make. But by chopping their marketing, they're they're shrinking their capability to grow. They're their capacity to to generate more prospects, more leads, more clients. Uh, so it's kind of a catch twenty um, two. The 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 biggest challenge that I think companies have with marketing is understanding that it is the process, and it's not an implementation strategy.
0: Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. You know, let's 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 play devil's advocate on this whole thing of that companies do cut their advertising budgets. You know, as a business owner. I look at advertising sometimes as a a um. I, I understand that I have to advertise, but I look at that expense sometimes, and I and I go, you know, am I getting the best the, that I need to get from it? Is it really, really doing something for me? Uh, in in today's day and age, unfortunately, everything is expensive. Everything's crazy expensive, including advertising. I remember um, I had a flyer business many many years ago. I used to to uh, create layouts for. and they'd have flyers made for their business like pizzerias and that and um this one guy came i was talking to him one day and he seemed a little hostile i was trying to figure out what was going on in his head i'm like are you happy is everything good he says he said to me i hate you guys and i said "Well, (laughs) well, well why and he said i hate you guys because i need you but you're expensive and i but i need you you know and it's like I just it it drives me crazy, and but I understood a sentiment because even as now me being a business owner of a of a you know a larger business and that if I'm not prospecting, I'm dying. But you know if I if I try to do the prospecting and like you say the the marketing and advertising, you know I I like to hear more about that because again in my mind it, the marketing and advertising feel like the same thing.
1: Well, and and just to reiterate, that is what the biggest challenge is for businesses, and and really marketing is, is just one other line item on your accounting sheet, right? We got we've got all kinds of. You've got your if you have bricks and mortar, you've got all of your lease, you've got your utilities, you've got your um, a cost of telephones, um, internet, all those kinds of things. So all those things are line items. If you have if you're a doctor and you have a receptionist, you've got staff payments, and Everybody wants to retain as much profit as they can. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. People are in business to make a profit. They're not in business to lose money or break even.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that you have to be realistic and you have to approach it like it's another line item and keep it in the category. Now, part of the, the whole thing about marketing being a strategy and a process, that's where people get bogged down. You know, my my father was a was a a, a painter, painter and, and wood finisher, and he actually was um, licensed. He he had his papers, but like you said, anybody in the world can pick up a, a paintbrush and call themselves a painter, which made it very challenging for him to be able to make a profit in in certain areas. Everybody thinks that they can do some marketing because they've seen a flyer and they know how to how to replicate a layout or something like that. The problem is. You know, I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not going to give myself a back adjustment. Well, let me rephrase that. Sometimes I do lay down and give myself a bit of a back adjustment, but I don't see myself as as trying to do the chiropractor's job. I, I think that what you have to do is recognize your strengths and your weaknesses. And I'm not saying that you need to spend a whole lot of money on bringing in a marketing person full-time or whatever, but at least bring somebody in on a, on an initial consultation to help make a strategy and a plan and help you get your focus and understand what marketing is. Okay. So let me get so let me get to what marketing is. The reason why people cut they see it as advertising and they cut it first is because you're absolutely right. It is an expense. Part of this strategy when you're setting up your marketing program is to make sure that whatever you are doing is measurable. What what you have to do is you structure your marketing plan in such a way that you know what you're doing. You know, marketing is is a, is a a concoction of a whole lot of things. It, it You have to be sure of what your corporate brand is. What is it that you are, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? How are you uh, planning on on approaching people? What What is the message that you want to leave with them? What's their takeaway? All that kind of combines into your brand, your corporate brand. And you have to be consistent with that so that people identify. Every time somebody says something about Gee, you know, I talked to Frank, and he went the extra mile. That becomes part of your brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's beyond logo and things like that. So you've got you've got to make sure that you've structured your brand and that you're being consistent with that. The next thing is, who is your target market? Are you sending flyers out to fifty thousand homes, or do you recognize that out of those fifty thousand homes, you're only targeting a certain um, economic segment? then don't waste your money sending flyers to people who don't fit into your economic segment.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So you have to, you have to identify who your target market is. And then what, what you do once you've identified all of these different components, you create what is called a marketing plan or a marketing campaign. And, and, Each one of these is individualized. If you decide that you're going to do an email campaign, that's one campaign. If you decide you're going to do a flyer drop, that's a second campaign. If you're going to do, um, not that many people can afford it or do it that often anymore, but maybe a radio or a TV ad, Mm -hmm. that's another campaign. Mm -hmm. So you set up each of these campaigns with measurables in there. And then what happens is after the four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, however long you determine the campaign is going to go. You measure it as you go, but at the end, you take it apart. You you evaluate every component of it. Find out if you got a return on your investment. And if you didn't, why you didn't? Mm -hmm. Is there something within that campaign that needed to be tweaked a little bit to make it work? Were you kind of out in left field and, and targeting the completely wrong audience? Was it just not resonating? So that's that's the thing to do is is make sure that you are measuring each of these campaigns to make sure that you're getting a return on your investment and not just willy nilly throwing some marketing at the wall and seeing what
0: sticks. Yeah, and more like pay and price sort or of marketing.
1: Well, that's what the problem is. Is a lot of people just simply do that, and then they say marketing doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. I can understand it, though, and I can understand why all of a sudden you know the uh, the mental blocks start f- coming into place because. You know, to be honest with you, I'm trying to listen to you as somebody who needs some marketing help. and you know when you start saying to me that it needs to be measurable and that, I say, yeah, you're right, you're hundred percent. but then I start to think, well, how the heck do I do that? and how do I how do I handle that and how to and so all of a sudden it becomes a mental exercise and nobody likes to exercise,
1: which goes back to my point about nobody can be an expert at everything yeah, I hear you so, if that's not your expertise bring in a consultant
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: or maybe you have somebody on staff that only has 3 quarters of a day filled but you're paying them full time and they have some ability to either learn or or some uh, some some marketing expertise or they can implement whatever the marketing consultant suggests but bring in somebody to work with you to identify what your goals are, to identify what your brand is, to identify who your who your ideal target is, and to help create and build campaigns that are measurable and that will work.
0: Okay. I know that um, some forms of advertising that have kind of emerged in the last 10 or 15 years, specifically the web, sometimes that's really hard to measure. Sometimes that's, you know, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm going to do search engine optimization for you, and it's five hundred dollars a month. Sometimes I find that um, the the person could be a great tech, but how do I, as a business owner, do I measure that? You know, like, do you have a, a very unique plan to something like that?
1: Frank, I think I think what you've done here is you've identified something that is one of the biggest challenges right now. Internet virtual marketing is is really becoming the norm. At At this point, because everybody is so connected, you know the statistics are there, and mobile usage is up and and attention spans i I read um some research last week that said that the average attention span now on a desktop computer is eight seconds. If a page hasn't loaded in eight seconds, you're lost. Yep. so you know there there continues to be these challenges, and the, the the whole idea of of marketing on the web and marketing on social media that is has continued to be one of the biggest challenges Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for for that kind of marketing is it is very difficult, if not impossible, to measure the ROI. So I'm a big proponent of not relying simply on online marketing. I, of course, as you mentioned in the intro, have been doing marketing since 1984, which was well in advance of, of the Internet revolution. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was used to doing marketing and creating campaigns using traditional methods: flyers, newspaper ads, radio, TV, different things like that. Um, and I do think that those aspects of marketing shouldn't be ignored. I do think that in this day and age, sometimes people get get online weary as well, and it's kind of a treat for them to actually open up their mailbox and see something in 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 paper instead of an email or or something like that. So i i think that that's one of the things that people can do is don't forget about offline strategies. Mm-hmm. As far as trying to measure stuff online, again, it goes back to your marketing strategy. What is your plan? What are you anticipating to do with your online marketing? Are you trying to drive Website visitors? are you trying to, yeah, I mean, once they're on your website, maybe then what you you have is within your website, you have a sales funnel structured. Once they're on your website, you can start to capture some leads that way. You're just trying to drive traffic. are you um, are are you looking to just get simple exposure? Are you looking to make a, a statement? What is your purpose for using these different tools?
0: Okay, and then um, you
1: make that fit into into what your ROI is.
0: okay, that makes sense to me. Now I want to ask you a question. you were talking about offline marketing in that. Uh, do you find it you, you kind of uh, led to the conclusion in your conversation that it still works. Does it still work? like do you find that um, you can actually see a good return on investment if you're doing offline advertising?
1: Absolutely, I can give you an example. I, I did some work with a client early early this year. Um, he was looking to drive traffic to his website, get more more eyeballs on his website. Um, he sells um, a, a type of oil field equipment and service, and he was kind of stagnated at around you know two hundred and eighty views a month on his on his website, and he wasn't really doing anything with his website. His website wasn't actually that dynamic and that great. Uh, so there wasn't anything really to draw people there. So what we did is we tried to create um, a, a campaign. So we purchased a, a targeted list. We knew who he needed to target in specific, a specific geographic location, specific companies and who the decision maker was within those companies. Then we created a two-sided full-color postcard, one side of it had a picture of what we called the product of the month. And then on the back, it had just a couple of lines about what they were and visit us online. And that one campaign, unfortunately, <laughs> oil prices took a dive and he, uh, he canceled the balance of the campaign. The, the goal was to do six mailings, one a month. Um, but in that one mailing at Christmas time, he was able to generate over 1,200 views on his website. Mm -hmm. So you can marry the online and offline as well.
0: Well, that kind of makes sense, you know, because I was going to say to you, if you had like 200 views in a month, he's basically, uh, you know, a sign in the Sahara Desert. She doesn't exist. Exactly. And at 1,200, it's uh, it's becoming more representative. And the, the, the cool thing is, you know that... A thousand of those visits, so two hundred more, or like a thousand more than what he had before, were targeted. our targeted um, views and interested views? Uh, did you find that it translated to any sales?
1: Uh, it did translate to a sale, and it also got. I, I structured a page on his site that didn't exist, that listed all of his equipment that he currently had for sale, mm-hmm. uh, with downloadable PDFs, and that jumped significantly as well.
0: Well, that's excellent. So there was definite interest. Yeah, I can see why. Now, how do you, how, Nick? Like you actually, I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that you said that you know because oil prices plummeted, but he did see results from it. You know, and that's that. It, that kind of reiterates the whole thing of what a people's minds marketing is. It's not a tool exactly. to generate revenue. It's a tool to spend money. I know that. Um, that I need to spend money to make money in my business. You know, I I know I need to advertise and when I'm not advertising, you know, I have to advertise somehow. You know, you know that, um, and I'll kind of let into everybody's listening, know that uh, what I do a lot of advertising through showing my expertise in my field of interest and I provide lots of information and I do get lots of, uh, you know, views and advertising from that, but it really is still shotgun advertising. You know, like I'll have, 20,000 views and get one customer.
1: Right, right. And and you just did make my point exactly that, that the first thing that he cut was marketing,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which
1: was really unfortunate because he could have driven, by, by continuing this, he could have driven more traffic because with the plummeting oil prices, they want his services. They want rebuilt pumps. They want somebody who can come out and do maintenance on site on their pumps that they don't have downtime so that they don't have to go out there and purchase new pumps. But he thought, like you say, is money out the door instead of an investment in the business.
0: And that blows my mind because if I could see it, if I could see results like literally right away and go, wow, you know, uh, Nancy costs me X number of dollars, but I made X number of dollars above her fee. Hey, I might've broken even at the end of the day, but what happens if she does it again and does it again? Do you find that, you know, that continued effort, that continued push starts to reach a tipping point?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of structuring a marketing plan or a marketing campaign so that it, it covers a specific period of time and a specific strategy because you, you build upon your successes.
0: Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. So if you do find that even when you're doing online or offline or a combination of both, that uh, when you touch the person again and again, you start to build, is it you're building trust or you're just building, um, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. Um, familiarity, or, or how do you think authority? that works? Well, yeah, maybe yeah, even building, authority.
1: Yeah. They're building, they're building trust without question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're consistent, when you're giving the, a consistent message, people that subconsciously builds trust in the minds of, of your prospects and clients, because you are targeted. You are, you are presenting yourself as an authority in a certain area. And if you're consistent with that, of course, people are going to have some believability in it. Mm-hmm. And, and then what you do is you start to get the referrals and you start to get, um, uh, people who will give you testimony, uh, testimonials, things like that. I mean, that's one thing I'm horrible at. I, continually forget to ask people for testimonials but uh, it's a very very important factor and and even getting more so you know and one of the things about online marketing too is is these reviews so what happens is unfortunately it's usually the people who are unhappy that go on to do the review yeah if you're content
0: and everything's great you know then you just kind of chime on you don't say anything
1: yeah and it and it it creates a bit of a double-edged sword when when you do when you get the Google reviews and you see that there's you know fifty seven people were up unhappy. Well, maybe there were fifty seven hundred who were thrilled.
0: Mm-hmm. so part of so, that marketing is trying to ensure that the people whom are happy leave a uh, positive review
1: and make that as easy as possible for them make to do.
0: It, yeah, I could see that, yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah, you have to you have to make sure people are all busy. And very seldom will people really take time out of their busy day, their busy schedule to go out of their way to do something. You know, I'm not saying people never do, but it's just they're not trying to be rude or ignorant. They just they just don't have time in their day. It's not a priority. But if you can make it completely simple and at the end of of whatever it is that you did for them, a product or a service, just send them a simple a simple email or something that has a link that says, you know. Click on here if you're happy or something. Just make it easy.
0: Mm-hmm. I have found in today's day and age, uh, something as simple as a letter in the mailbox saying "Thank you so much." Yes, is it's so rare that it stands out.
1: Back to offline, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I had something, I something had one different. person who I was doing business with, and they sent me a thank you for doing me doing the work that I'm doing for them, and I actually called them up and I said, "You know something." Thanks for the check, but thank you so much for the thank you note.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because so often we never get thanks. You know, you wonder, gee, do they, are they happy with what I'm doing or are they not? And
1: You know, it, it means a lot. I remember back about uh, 20 years ago, there was uh, a, f- a friend of mine worked for a bank. And one of her supervisors had them all create what they called a me file. And any kudos that they got, they were supposed to print off and put in their me file. And then when they felt down and out, read your me file;
2: hmm.
1: it boosts you back up. Mm-hmm. And you know that is that is important. I did I did some work. I, I have a client right now. I'm still doing some work. But one of the one of the things I did for him is I was able to obtain some uh, federal funding uh, towards this project, uh, and liaised with the uh, with the group at the federal level that was providing the funding. And I, I'm done dealing with them now. But the woman who was in charge of the project at that level actually sent me an email and said about how much everybody in the department enjoyed working with me and how helpful I was. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. That means a lot when you get that little pat on the back. It means that somebody appreciated that you did go that extra mile, that you worked hard to make sure things were clear and concise and, and easy for them to do.
0: And that's a great testimonial, you know, like taking that letter or that email and making it part of your your uh, testimonial page is magic, I think.
1: Well, and that's a good point. That's something I haven't done yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, let me, I wanted to actually kind of jump into the, you mentioned earlier when you're developing a brand and that, that your goals are very important. You know, I will tell you, and I'm, I'm going to kind of expose myself to the world on this one. I find that right now that I'm trying to figure out where my business needs to go. Do you find that a common issue as well? Like when somebody comes in and they say, Nancy, and I need your help, uh, and you start talking to them, and they seem to be a little rudderless. Like the ship just doesn't know where it's going.
1: I have found that, yeah. I I, I think that that's a very difficult thing for a small business owner to admit out loud. They might know it, but to admit it, they... F- Makes them feel a little inferior, a little something, um, but when they can get past that, there's there's no harm in that. I mean, sometimes you need that outside perspective to find out where you should be going and what you should be doing, and help you identify those things. I've got a I've got a client in in the interior of BC right now, and I've just helped him completely redevelop his brand. He's a financial planner,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he had been satisfied for the last 15 years that he's been in business just going along with the the company that he's, that he's part of and using them as the brand. But he's in a small area, he's in a tight market, and he's finally figured out that in order to d- differentiate himself from the other choices that are in that small area, he needs to provide something that is different. How do you stand out from the pack? Right. So we've created a brand, we've created... He, he's now got a specific process that he follows with every single one of his clients. And he's understood now that not everybody is your client. And so, you know, if somebody isn't going to be able to work within his process, he just says, okay, well, this isn't going to work. I wish you well. No hard feelings. But I, I'm not the planner for you.
0: You kind of cut to the chase. And that's interesting. That, again, comes back to the the structuring your marketing plan, because that part of your marketing plan is to build that process that is it's part of your sales funnel.
1: Identify who your ideal client is mm-hmm. and then go after them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't waste your time, don't waste your energy chasing after the people who aren't really going to fit into, into what you're doing. It's not that you're re- rejecting them personally, they just don't fit your business model.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they will fit somebody else's.
0: Yep, I can understand that. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because I know that um that I I being a person who works online quite a bit with businesses, trying to help them along, not necessarily in the marketing vein, but in the, the technical vein, you know, getting the website looking nice and helping them with the sales process. So I do a lot of the technical things. It's very easy for me to have scope creep into areas where I'm really no good at, you know, like you know, don't put a blank canvas in front of me and say, paint a picture, because it's going to look like a kindergarten person who did it. Whereas if you said to me, hey, review this process for me and tell me where it's broken or if this, this payment process works, I, I can tear that thing apart and make sure it's 100%, you know?
1: Well, exactly. And that, that's something I did. I did a two-part article series I I post on my website Uh, twice a week every Tuesday and every Thursday try to give some some tips and hints for for marketing for people to access and this week I kind of focused Monday or Tuesday was about seven things that clients should avoid doing when they're dealing with consultants and then in in the interest of balance and fairness thursday was seven things consultants shouldn't do when they're dealing with their clients hmm. and and one of the things well the, the main thing that everything comes down to is communicating open honest clear concise communication
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and one of the things you know back to your little point there about don't get me to paint a picture be very clear on what it is whether you're the client or the consultant about what service you're providing, mm-hmm. and if it's going to shift midstream, that's okay. But make sure that it's identified and communicated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I had a client who brought me in to do um, high level oversight consulting. They wanted to hire me for ten hours a week to oversee what they were doing. So I did that for two weeks. Then suddenly they decided that I wasn't doing all of their marketing for them. I said, "Well, wait a minute. Let's look at let's look at the agreement. I was supposed to oversee the marketing." that this other entity was doing for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that other entity isn't doing the marketing. Well, then, if you want my company to take over the marketing, then that's okay, but we need to be clear about it. Exactly. So so I'm, that's make sure that you are communicating with your consultant or to your client what the scope of the project is, and don't be afraid to say, I can't do that, but... Maybe I can access somebody who is an expert there who can help.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that's kind of one thing that I came to. And then that exact example that I gave—you uh, know—when somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, can you redesign my website?" I'd say, "Sure, absolutely." I know somebody's really good. He he is on a tight schedule, so we kind of got to slot the time with him. But and, and once he approves a layout with you, absolutely, I can put that together for you. Like the right. the 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 mechanics of putting the site together, I, I got that. Look at split but don't like i said don't put a blank canvas in front of me and say paint a a a, a mona lisa cuz i can't right it's not my it's not my um skill set and i tried to paint that mona lisa on several occasions and like i said it looked like a kindergartner trying to uh, paint <laughs> his mommy on, in in the in the park it was just it, it's just a horrendous uh you know like give me a gun and let me shoot myself sort of thing
1: well that's 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 right. And, and recognizing what your strengths and your weaknesses are is, is very important as well. Um, you know, most of us are pretty resourceful and most of us can figure out how to do anything. Mm-hmm. But is it an effective use of your time? And are you doing what's in the best interest of your client by doing that?
0: Right, right. Now, when you're actually helping a customer build and structure their marketing plan, how do you how do you identify their brand? I'm sure that all companies have... You know some branding in place, um, but I'm sure that most companies also have a very confusing brand.
1: They do. Lots of lots of times, they're all over the map. They don't understand the importance of consistency. So I have I have a, a process that I take th- the, the business owner through, and, and it's a series of questions. Um, what is their what is their goal with their business? What what's their end game? What do why do they do what they do? What do they bring to the table? What do they hope to provide to their clients? Who are their clients? How do they want to deliver it? What is their intent? What is their um, uh, outlook on, on things? Do they, do they want to approach things in a, a fun, goofy kind of way? Or are they more corporate and structured? All of those things play into it. How okay. many people do they have?
0: Let me stop you for a second. That actually is very interesting because I've always looked at a brand as your outward look and feel. But I've never thought of it as the complete experience from first visit to final sale.
1: Well, that's kind of what's funny too. I mean, as much as technology changes hourly, <laughs> um, the concepts of marketing and the way that they're presented seem to seem to change as well. I know, I know that once upon a time, I mean, a brand was seen... As you know, the Coca Cola,
0: the, the, the exactly you, you the, see the, the red with, wavy line, and that's Coca Cola, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The Nike swoosh. So mm-hmm. so it was it was typically seen, you know, even within a couple of years ago, as mostly the logo. Mm-hmm. Make that logo identifiable and put it on everything. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is because there's more stuff online. I never stopped to really think about the rationale behind it, but branding has. You remember, Frank, back in the day they used to make you do mission statements and vision statements and all that kind of stuff. and Yeah, and and get confused between which was which and mumble, jumble them all and Mm -hmm. say a bunch of words that meant nothing. Mm -hmm. What branding in today's day is, is basically taking all of those concepts of vision, mission, um, um, ideal client, logo, Corporate colors, all of those things and lumping them. So it's about, branding is about the whole corporate culture of a company and how they present themselves to the outside world, Wow! as opposed (laughs) to just just a, a logo.
0: And you know, I can honestly and truthfully say to you, I can see it. I can't imagine how to institute it, but I can see it because I've dealt with companies where their branding is so complete that you know, you know, a good example, McDonald's. They might not be the best food in town, like they're they're inexpensive, but you know, you know that what they look like. You know And you know what you're going to get. You you know what you're going to get. You know how you're going to be treated, you know how long it's going to take. You know you know that that the, the the burger you get at one location, and you can fly across the other side of the country and go to that location, it's consistent. And I think that's you know consistency, whether it's good or bad, is probably part of your brand too.
1: No, you're absolutely right. But I'm going to hop on your example here of McDonald's and say that I think that McDonald's has confused their brand over the course of the last year or two, hmm. and I think that things have suffered from it. McDonald's, I I remember here in Calgary on Fourth Street Northwest. The first McDonald's that was in Calgary when I was in high school, I remember going there mm-hmm. when it was, I don't know how many thousands were served, not how many billions around the planet. And I love the Big Mac. In fact, my Biology 30 uh, final exam question, one of the things that the, the um, teacher put on the final exam was, uh, you're eating a, a Big Mac at McDonald's and a large order of French fries. How many ATPs are you converting to in your yeah. body? Yeah. So, so I mean, definitely McDonald's was part of our culture. Gotcha. Uh, it certainly isn't my favorite place now for for a variety of reasons. Although I really do like their iced coffees in the summertime.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. About, I don't know, a year, two years ago, I don't really remember exactly when, they decided to change from the Golden Arches and everything that they always did, tried to change their brand a little bit and become Mac Cafe. And so now they're pr- providing cappuccinos and lattes and <clears throat> all these things in a fast food format. And they changed the ordering process. When you line up, when mm-hmm. you stand, things like that. I, I I went to McDonald's for an iced coffee and a little snack last week. And instead of them being able to simply give something out of the little cabinet and a coffee, I had to stand behind all the people that were in the drive through and everybody else that wanted their Big Macs and their quarter pounders and everything else. I, I was five minutes to get an iced coffee mm. a, and a muffin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... That left me with a takeaway, I don't think I'm going to work that hard anymore. I don't think I'll go back.
0: Yeah, it's almost like um, they didn't improve upon things. They actually um, took away.
1: They they did. They were trying to compete with Tim Hortons and, and some of these other fast food places and didn't stick to what they're doing. Now, granted, you have to kind of change with the times but make sure that you're improving the customer service, the mm-hmm, customer experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't make it worse. Mm-hmm. And I think they've made it worse.
0: I hear you. Yeah. So it's uh, so. I guess, again, bringing in a marketing expert helps you cons- you know, put a consistency behind that whole brand, that whole feeling that the customer gets when they deal with you um, and keep that brand.
1: Well, and it also makes you think about parts of... Your business model and how you want to represent your business, how you want to move your business forward in a way that maybe you hadn't thought of because you you, you don't want to be changing your brand every year. Mm-hmm. You want a brand that's going to be consistent for a minimum of five years mm. if you're planning on being in business that long, right? So, mm-hmm. So you a- have to make sure that you're looking long term at what your goal is too.
0: I'm guessing that uh, majority of businesses don't get it because I know I was reading an interesting statistic uh, that talks about the fact that in the first five years, what is it, 90% of businesses will fail. And Mm -hmm. in the second five years, of the 10% left, 90% of them will end up failing or disappearing as well. Right. Scary.
1: It is very scary. And and there's a variety of reasons. Some of it is lack of focus. Some of it is a lack of funding. You know mm-hmm. lack of lack of making sure that you've got enough funding to get going. Um, sometimes it's a matter of people being in love with their idea and not seeing that as it's being presented, it's really not what everybody else wants. So back to my one of my favorite sayings, you have to murder your darling
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and that doesn't mean that the darling doesn't get resurrected in a different format. you know there's there's lots of times there's there's ways to take what your idea and your concept is, but it's a matter of branding it and putting it together in a package that is attractive and, and seen as useful.
0: I think it's important. You know, you might have a good idea, like your darling is your good idea. And you might think that's a good idea not, that, but you're looking at it from your point of view, whereas the customer, you need to present it from the customer's point of view.
1: Exactly. And I think everybody is guilty of that. I, I like, I know even for myself, I like to say, you know what, I'm open. Criticize till the cows come home But what I wrote and whatever. Mm. And I and I mean that. I, I do want to have the input because maybe, you know what, maybe I wrote something and it didn't come across in the exact manner that I wanted it to. Or maybe it could have been restructured somehow or, or something like that. But I got to tell you, you know, when somebody does criticize there's a little tiny dagger that goes like, oh, it wasn't good enough. Hmm. But you have to kind of get past that and understand that none of us is infallible and none of us is perfect and none of us always sees everything with the outward perspective, the outside eyes that we need to make sure that we're going to have some successes.
0: Yeah, I've heard uh, somebody once say that we're all delusional and we need somebody to kind of get (laughs) us back on track.
1: Uh, that's well put.
0: <laughs> it's true. We think and everything's uh, unicorns and rainbows, and yeah, discover that we're in you know we're in unicorn poo, not unicorn land. You know
1: exactly. Try not to be a legend in your own mind.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Nats, thank you very much. That was very concise. I've actually learned quite a bit from this.
1: Well, great. I hope uh, I hope lots of other people can gain some help and some insight from it as
0: well. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing is the really for me that I'm taking away as, as a takeaway of course is that marketing is more of a proactive um, action within the business. It's almost an entrepreneurial action, whereas, you know, paying the employees and paying the rent is more of a managerial process and it's like, you know, kind of dealing with what has been done and whereas marketing is what you're gonna do.
1: Well it's it's maybe I'm a little bit biased being a marketing consultant and a marketing strategist. But marketing is basically the lifeblood of your business. If you're not marketing and you're not bringing in clients, how are you going to generate that cash flow to pay your employees and to keep the roof over your head and, and to gain a profit so that you, your family can benefit?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and again, finding a good marketing person because there's there's good and there's bad. I'm sure like you had mentioned about your father who uh, was a painter, You know, a person could put a sign up on the door saying, hey, I'm a marketer and the guy has no idea of what a lot of things you've just explained.
1: Absolutely. So when you're looking for a marketing consultant, check out testimonials, check out all those kinds of things, make sure that there is a fit.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's very good news. Okay.
1: All right. Well, thanks very much for taking this time, Frank. I really appreciate it.
0: And it's more than a pleasure because like I said, I, I think I've walked with a lot more than I initially realized. So that was Nancy Beauvair. Thank you again, Nancy. And um, make sure you listen for further information. So I hope you enjoyed the show. That uh, replay I really enjoyed personally, and I hope you enjoyed it today, too. Thank you, Nancy, once again. And uh, Nancy's going to probably become a full-time member of the Small Business Tips show because she just brings so much to the show. So listen to the next shows coming up and make sure you be very successful this week in your small business. Good luck. This is Frank Thomas. Make sure you drop by the website, smallbusinesstipshow.com and grab the free report that's available for you there. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you next week.